justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming what up, what up, what up? from my mind. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 48 of the 476ers podcast. We're not going to talk Sixers today. We're actually going to take a spin around the NBA. Um, I'm sorry to give you that view. I'm just, okay, there it is. Uh, we're going to take a spin around the NBA today just to see, um, just to talk about some of the uh, the other series that are going on. Uh, take a break of being depressed by the Sixers and our terrible coaching. We get to talk about some good coaching right now, and that should that that'll really cleanse the palate a bit. Leading into tomorrow tonight's game, uh, this episode should be out later today. I'm hoping uh, this computer is super slow over here, so sometimes it could take a little bit longer to get it put out. Uh, but hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it is. My beard is looking excellent. I shaped myself up this morning. And I am feeling good. So let's talk about this. Uh, let's start from where do we want to stop at? We're going to start from the East. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Coming over, uh, you know, I wasn't sick. I don't think. I think I, uh, you know, just just allergies were killing me. But anyway, it's not the point. Uh, start from the East. Milwaukee, Orlando. A, a lot of these series are actually going kind of the way I expected. If you listen to the podcast where I talked about the playoffs and you probably heard me uh, you heard me give my predictions, what I kind of thought was going to happen. And I would say that a lot of these series are going kind of the way that I thought in some respect. And I'll, t- I'll talk about the ones that are kind of surprising me a little bit. So Milwaukee, Orlando, not really a surprise. Um, Milwaukee blew up. They didn't blow them out, but they, they really did kind of end-to-end dominate. There was a couple points where Orlando tried to make a run. Um, listen, I said on the last podcast about Vucevic, how Vucevic can't be your best player. If he's your best player, you're only going to go so far. Vucevic really is, to me, the big man version of, like, Chris Middleton almost or Tobias Harris. He's that level of star. And while he's playing really, really well, don't get me wrong, I don't want to shit on him because he's playing really well. The reason he's playing well is because Milwaukee has essentially decided to say, you can shoot every open shot you want. It's not like Joe, for example, where Joe is getting the ball on the block and having to go through the defense and do all types of shit. Vucevic is shooting an obscene amount of open jump shots just all over the court. He's drilling all of them to his credit. You know, to his credit, he's drilling all these jump shots. Good for him. Um, but Milwaukee has essentially said Evan Fournier, Markel, uh, 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 Terrence Ross, who can go off, mind you, but, you know, whatever. One of you guys is going to have to be us today. You know what I mean? Vooch, you can get your 30 and 20 or 30 and 10 or 25 and 15, whatever. Um but 25 points does not equal 110 points that we're going to hang on you. So go figure this out then. You know what I mean? Um, it's really – listen, Orlando – it seems like Orlando goes through this every single decade. They did this with Shaq. They had this with Dwight, and now they're doing this with Vooch, where it's like all the team has to do is say, okay, we're going to double down here on you, and one of these other guys is – we're going to stay home on everyone else – you're going to get your opportunity to score, but we stay home and everyone else. No one else gets any open shots. So that's kind of what's happening here. I don't expect there to be much drama in this series. It is a little bit closer. The, the, the last game was a little bit closer. Again, they took off big, but Orlando really did fight back. Um, and, and they had it within single digits towards the end of the game at one point. I think they were down nine points at one point before they, they then, for Milwaukee, ended up uh, re, like, uh, you know, just kind of reasserting themselves. Um, but it's worrisome. It's worrisome that Giannis is getting off. Don't, don't get me wrong. Giannis is having big numbers, but it's not as easy as it was last year. I'll be honest with you. Watching him in the playoffs right now, it just 
it just isn't as easy. It's so easy to get that wall up. Now, he's shooting threes better, no question about it. Uh, you know, that's the scary part of him. If he's shooting threes, it's going to be pretty much impossible to, to do anything to him. But we still haven't seen the Giannis playoff version where he has a, a go-to thing. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a go-to thing yet. You know what I mean? It, it's as hard as it is, it, it's, it's, it's easy to sniff out what he wants to do. It's just hard to stop that, right? Where you'll have, like, great players who are, I mean, and, and, and you know, not to make this about the Sixers, but, but you see, it's, you don't really know what Joel wants to do. Joel can do whatever he wants to do, pretty much. He's just going to kind of make it up. And it's really hard to stop that. Or if you go to, you know, like Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, or MJ, or whatever, they have, they, they all had go-to things, but they had moves and counter moves and everything. You're just not going to stop them. You can't really take them out of the game. Um, even LeBron at this point in his career is that, you know what I mean? But Giannis isn't there yet. He, he has some stuff to do. It's a little bit scary seeing how close it was in game two. I really expect them to run off with game two early. I mean, I expect them to win by 30. Uh, and I was kind of surprised that they didn't, considering, you know, on the other side, their, their, their counterpart on the other side did that to a better team. You know what I mean? Which we'll get to in a moment, but um, yeah. And, and Chris Middleton sucking in the playoffs is worrisome. You know what I mean? It seems like unless Chris Middleton is playing the Celtics, he's going to suck in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And then he's like a notorious Celtics killer in the playoffs. Um, so I don't know. Pacers, Miami, this, this series is kind of surprising me so far. I, I did think I said Miami would win. Um, I said Miami would win at seven. I didn't, they're really – they had some regular season issues closing games, giving up leads and closing games. And right now it's the opposite. These, through, through, these, through these first two games, it's, it, it's almost like they turned the switch on. You know what I mean? And that's surprising because it's such a young team. Yeah, they do have uh, – Jimmy is not young and Iguodala is not young, but Iggy is not playing a huge role, even though he was on the floor at the end of – game two yesterday he he definitely was in the closing unit it was jimmy iggy tyler hero duncan and bam um i mean that's a that's a vicious lineup if iggy can really dial back the clock and be be super you know be uh uh be iggy for the last six minutes of a game be the iggy that we saw in golden state um it, it they're gonna be they're gonna be a problem you know what i mean they're gonna be a problem now i did literally say they I thought that they had a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So let's be clear. It's not that I'm that surprised. I'm just that surprised they won two games in a row and if in a way that felt like it was almost wire to wire. Like if it was it wasn't necessarily wire to wire. They battled in game two, but it just man, they jumped out to a lead. It didn't it just that never felt like Indiana could get it back. You know what I mean? Just didn't feel like Indiana could get it back. They need they're gonna need um they're gonna need Victor to to Ola Depot to really really reclaim what he's missing. You know, he's still not 100% yet. You, you can see it. He's not moving 100%. Um, and if they have any hope of going any further, Oladipo is going to have to start putting up 25, 30 a game. And same thing with Brogdon. TJ Warren, again, I mean, you know, TJ Warren going off is very was very confusing to me. He's good. I'm not saying he's not good. He's a, he is a bucket. That's why his name is TJ Buck, Tony Buckets, right? That's where he got that nickname because he's a bucket. But – to have scored 50 on us, it makes sense when you consider how trash we are. Um, but, you know, relying on him in the playoffs is a different thing. He is not that level of player, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Now, I haven't even really been paying attention too closely to his numbers in the playoffs. I just know that they, they haven't been 
where we expect him to be. Now, he also has a problem scoring on Jimmy Butler. No surprise. A lot of players do have a problem scoring on Jimmy, but it just seems like Jimmy might have the mental edge on him uh, a tiny bit uh, when you see them out on the court. It, it, it's always funny. Like, I've, I've had situations on basketball courts with people, um, you know, where I threaten their life maybe or something like that. It's no big deal. Um, and you can always tell who's the comfortable one, who's not the comfortable one. I'm always comfortable. You know, I don't care that I threaten your life just now. Uh, but you can see that they are always, there's some trepidation in them uh, after that. You know what I mean? And that's almost what it looks like watching Jimmy and TJ Warren on the court together. Like, TJ just seems mm, not, not super confident. And Jimmy is, like, screaming. And yet, Jimmy looks over-the-top confident. You know what I mean? So, uh, we're going to skip that series because we don't give a shit. Listen, we're, we're going to, man, I don't want to talk about the Sixers this podcast. So, I wouldn't be happy today. Toronto, Brooklyn. Uh, what do we got here? Toronto, Brooklyn. So, yeah, Brooklyn's not – yeah, they're going to get swept. I'm sorry. Uh, they played again today. Um, I did mention this on the last episode, though, that Karis has shown – Karis has really shown us some things. Karis has shown these things multiple times over the years when either D'Angelo got injured or Kyrie got injured, uh, where he is able to run the offense himself. I mean – Dame said it in the, the the last game of the season against them. You know, Karras is cold. You know what I mean? Karras is a good player. Um, he is he he he's not a shooting guard. He's a point guard. You know what I mean? But the problem with Karras is he's that type of creator that that you have to start. You have to when you watch him play, you have to wonder how much he's going to take off the court in order to create. There are players like that where where if a guy has to be a creator, but is just not that efficient offensively, it's going to limit you. You know what I mean? That's the mark. That's the curse of, of, of point guards. You know what I mean? Where you can be a good point guard and you can create, but if you require the ball in your hands and you're not the most efficient point guard, then it, you're, you're really limiting what you can do. You know, that's what separates a guy like Chris Paul from maybe uh, not a guy like Russ. He, Russ has had success. Let's not, I don't want to take Russ credit away from Russ, but, or, or you know what? Let's take Chris Paul out of it. Let's go Russ and, and James Harden, for example. Where Russ is a uh, Russ isn't the most efficient offensive player, and an assist is not uh, the representation of of unselfishness. You know what I mean? We have to evolve how we talk about assists, and, I, and we've I think we have been evolving over the years, especially since Russ won his um his MVP a few years ago, because you realize that when a player is is getting an assist because he's holding the ball to be the last pass, to be the pass that leads to the bucket. That isn't unselfish. Hockey assists are far more unselfish than, than basketball assists. You know, by, by hockey assists, I mean the pass that leads to the pass that leads to the bucket. That is actually unselfish. You know what I mean? But an actual assist is not really that unselfish. You know what I mean? And when a guy like Russ is constantly holding the ball, it's really hard to tell what players are good or not. That's why he, the Victor Oladipo thing didn't work out. That's what capped the Russell PG thing. You know what I mean? So now he comes into a team on the Rockets where he's essentially doing spot duty, running the offense, doing what he's doing, which does work to an, an extent. Don't get me wrong. But he's also giving up a lot of responsibility to, to James Harden. They're essentially, they're essentially splitting responsibilities. And James Harden, again, is an offense, an extremely efficient offense all onto himself, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, which have surprised the shit out of me the way that they've been playing. We'll get to that. But 
Um, so Karis is going to have to dispel some of that. You know, it is Karis is a great creator for sure. But if you if you take the other players on that Brooklyn team and replace them with better players, replace Joe Harris with with Clay Thompson, replace uh, I don't know whatever, replace him with better players. If you're putting the ball in Karis's hand, is that going to equate to more wins, or is there going to be a ceiling on what he can provide being a creator? Because that's what happens with creators in the NBA. Um, it's just a thing to, to keep in mind. But I do like Karis. You know what I mean? I do like him. I think he's a good player. He can do a lot. I glow. I I, I was. I blew my load the other day talking about him finishing layups. It's the funniest thing. Watch him finish layups. It's hilarious. He slows down. He's the slowest. He is the opposite of the speed of light. He is the speed of darkness. You know what I mean? Which actually darkness is fast as shit. Uh, but darkness is not fast. It's not a thing. It's the absence of speed of light is, is whatever. We're getting too technical here. Um, so, yeah, but they're going to – I think they're going to get swept. I, I said that in the beginning. Toronto is, is – champ- you're talking about championship tested. And they just, man, like they are, and now the Maasai thing is going to piss them off more. They're going to come out for Brooklyn. Oh, man. They're going to come out for blood, I think, today. I, I wouldn't be surprised. This this will be out well into their game being played. Um, and, and they're going to be coming for blood, I would expect. Um, what is this? Hold on. I'm sorry. Something's covering the screen. I don't want this. No. Close whatever this is. Um so let's move on here. So now we have, uh, I'm sorry for that little delay, Dallas Clippers. Oh, son of a bitch. I am not doing a good job here. I, I apologize. This is what happens when you make everything into a link. And when you want to click off of something to, to, you know, it's just a whole thing. Anyway, Clippers, Dallas. Dog fight. Dog fight. There is a legitimate argument that the Clippers should be down to, should be down 0-2 right now. Because that game one was close, and for whatever stupid reason, they 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 uh they kick out uh, KP. That was just a bad decision. I understand he had one technical, and this was the second technical, and that means he's ejected. I get it. Don't give him that second technical though. He didn't do anything crazy except step in for his teammate. You know what I mean? And this is the playoffs. You gotta relax. There's no fans in the stands, so we don't have to worry about the malice in the palace. Give him a little bit of a leash. Don't fuck up something like that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. You have one of the most marketable stars in the league in Luka. Understand, Kawhi is not the most marketable guy. He's just quiet and awkward. You know what I mean? So you have one of the most marketable dudes in the NBA. Don't, don't, don't hamstring them by kicking out their best player in their, in, in their biggest games now, or their second best player, I'm sorry, in their biggest games. That just doesn't make sense. So there's a real argument that the Clippers should be down 0-2 right now. Um, Dallas trashed them the other night. Uh, we'll see tonight what's going to happen. Um, I, listen, you're not, it's not over. Don't, don't get it fucked up. You know what I mean? It's not over by any, by any means, but I did mention Dallas's offense is, is one of the most offensive, uh, one of the most efficient offenses in NBA fucking history. If not the most efficient, I can't remember. I, I, I looked at the, I had heard this stat the other day and I just can't remember if they said they are the most efficient or one of the most efficient. I think they said the most efficient, which is hard to believe. That's why I don't want to just stand on that. Um, but they score a lot of points. It is very difficult. Their lineup, when they put out, when it's Seth Curry, um, uh, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Luca, uh, Zinger, and whoever, Dorian Finney-Smith at the four, or Maxi Kleber at the four, is so incredibly efficient. All five of those guys shoot. 
A couple of those guys can defend. And then you have, and Luca's just a fucking, he is an atomic bomb. And that dude is Hiroshima on, on feet. You know what I mean? It's really, shout out, I'm sorry. Rest in peace to the victims of Hiroshima. I don't mean to be insensitive. He is ridiculous. You know what I mean? So Clippers have their hands full. I said that this would go seven. I still stand by that. Don't, don't expect the Clippers to roll over. Kawhi is a fucking champion, a two-time champion. And he's faced down the best player on the other side many, many, many times when he played for the Spurs. One of the, one of the worst moments, but one of the most incredible moments was him playing against the, him on that Spurs team that won 60. They won 60. They always win 60-some games. not really a surprise. And they played the, the Warriors uh, in the, the Western Conference Finals with KD, and he stared down KD. He stared down Steph. He stared down Clay. He was the best basketball player on that court before he got injured by, by – um, What's this dude's name who who, st- who put his foot under him when he was landing and hurt his ankle? Um, Zaza Petulia, who who then then hurt his ankle in that game one. The 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 Spurs were going to win that game, and it was going to be because Kawhi was staring down these three guys at the other at the at the other end and was not fucking shook, was not fucking impressed. He should have been the MVP that year. That was the year that um that James Harden won the MVP. In my opinion, he was the MVP. He had similar numbers, a tick off offensively, um, but was the best defensive, the best defender in the NBA, causing havoc on defense. My man, what I say about Matisse, he is the original static. He is static on an NBA court. You know static, when you put static on a TV set and you can't see anything, you can kind of see a picture, but then it just be all wavy and staticky. That's what Kawhi Leonard is on a basketball court. The offenses can't operate the same way they operate when he's there. He was the MVP that year. Anyway, he is going to face down Luka, I promise you, and he is going to come for blood. It, this, this series is not over. Just because we got to – people get so so tied up into the most recent games that they're like it, – it, people will sway. Easily. If the Clippers win tonight, the Clippers are going to win in five. Then Dallas wins the next game, the Dallas is going to win in six. And it's just people just switch up. Listen, keep the same energy. The Clippers are going to be fine. They have arguably the best player in the NBA. That motherfucker is a menace. He's a maniac. He's going to come for blood tonight against Dallas. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Let's see here. The next game, Denver, Utah. I'm like mad paranoid. If you see me constantly looking, it's because I'm making sure that the mic is still working. The one day I recorded like three hour of video alone. And two hours got cut out because of mic issues. And it really pissed me off. Anyway, Denver, Utah. Um, this series is somewhat surprising me a little bit. I did say Denver. I think I said Denver would win in six or five, if I'm not mistaken. And it's still on track. It can still happen. That game is going to – that that game, game three is today. Um, but I wouldn't – I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't surprised by what I'm seeing in Utah right now. I'm seeing a lot of heart. I'm seeing a lot of fight. For a team that, that again, the Rudy, Donovan, and I think this is credit to Donovan Mitchell, man. Donovan Mitchell, to me, seems like an excellent teammate. He just, just what I see on the court is the type of teammate you want to play with. He, he takes a lot of shots. He likes to have the ball in his hands for sure. Um, but that guy just shows love to his teammates, man. You want that guy. You want that guy on your side, man. You want that guy, especially if he's going to give you 50 in a playoff game. You want him on your side. Rudy, no, I don't want Rudy on my side because he's a one-trick fucking pony. He's playing well, though. But he's a one-trick pony. I don't want Rudy on my side. And he also give the coronavirus to all the teams, and then the, and then the NBA has to shut down for eight months. So, so fuck you, Rudy. I'm sorry, not fuck you. I don't know him personally, but just whatever. Um, so I am a little bit surprised right now. Now, Denver, Denver, their bench is suffering a little bit. I'm confused why we haven't seen Bull Bull yet. 
uh, in the playoffs. I'm, I'm a little bit confused. He was playing really, really well. I would think you want him as a spark off the bench. Why not? Why not give him a try? He's also a menace defensively. He causes havoc around the rim. I would think you want to see him a few, you know, 10, 12 minutes a game. I, I don't know. I would keep an eye on that. Uh, I understand that they like using Mason Plumlee, um, who, who Mason Plumlee is, is – I'm not going to say he's joker light, but in a similar vein, likes to initiate the offense himself, will dribble up. He, he does it pretty often. He's been doing it for a couple of years. Um, but the thing is, he doesn't offer anything offensively, really. You know what I mean? He can grab offensive rebounds. He's strong. He can defend. Uh, but doesn't offer anything in the perimeter. So I, I don't I don't know. He doesn't spread the floor at all. I, I don't know. I don't know. He's a pro, though. I, I don't know. I would give Bobo some consideration, some more minutes. They need some pop off the bench. They were really having trouble scoring last game. I would think, you know, why not, man? Give this dude a shot and see. They, they're missing Gary Harris, who's just another perimeter defender that they could throw, uh, arguably their best perimeter defender that they could throw at Donovan Mitchell. It, you know, it it's kind of causing issues. So we're going to see what's going to happen uh, in that game. A little, I'm, again, a little bit surprised what I'm seeing in that game. I I, uh, I said Denver would win, but game two definitely concerned me. Game one, I thought was a good sign for Denver. I mean, they, they essentially took the brunt of this 50-point game, and they just bounced right back. Jamal Murray showed some things, uh, showed that he will not be scared. He will not be swayed. Um, but then game two – Man, Utah came out. You lose a tough game like they lost in game one to a younger team, and they come out in game two the way they did, I would be concerned a little bit if I was Denver. Again, you don't want to get too high, too low based on who just won. But based on this situation, I'm a little bit surprised at the way Utah bounced back and the way Denver came out. Denver has been here. They just faced the game seven um, last year. You, you would think they'd be a little bit more tested. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised the way they came out in game two and got blown off the court that way. So. Uh, we'll see how that's going to go. Um, the Rockets, now OKC and Rockets, now this is a game that's surprising me. This right here is surprising me a great, great deal. I picked OKC to win, all right? And I'm not going to back down from that because I'm not a coward, okay? And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be wrong, and I'm going to fucking smile on my way to death, all right? I am so surprised at the way the Rockets are playing. The Rockets were playing, and I had mentioned this on on the on, – on, uh, on a couple episodes ago about the Rockets. The, one of the biggest mistakes that teams make against the Rockets is because they think that they have an obvious mismatch in the post. There's not enough great post players for there to be a mismatch in the post. You know what I mean? Steven Adams is not like a good post player. You know what I mean? He can score in the post and he'll have moments where he does some shit that I'm like surprised by. Uh, you know, every, every move, anytime he does like an up and under or a move, it's the same. He gets the same reaction from me that he got when he did the one handed full court heave that went in, uh, earlier this year. Cause he's not really, he just doesn't have that post skill. I don't, I think it's a confidence thing. Cause I've seen him do some moves that are real, like really nice and fluid. And he, he just doesn't do it. I just don't think he's confident in his post game and, and his, his post game. And it just doesn't offer enough. Houston has these guys that are just like hard-nosed, mad aggressive rebounders. Like a lot of them take on the personality of Russ. Cove, PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, Dan Wilhouse, um, uh, Ben McLemore to a certain extent, um, Jeff Green, Austin Rivers, they they just all bought into like this gang rebounding mentality. So so just because Steven Adams has the advantage, there's like four people going for the same rebound at the same time on the Rockets. They fight for rebounds. They fight. 
defensively right now, I mean, the, what they did to, to the Thunder yesterday is very concerning. Chris Paul, yo, listen, Chris, I love you, bro. You're my one, are you my favorite point guard of all time is Chris Paul. Understand that. Please understand that. Uh, and he is going to, will, will, will retire as one of the probably four or five best point guards of all time. Um, maybe a top 30 player of all time, something like that. And I have to think about that. My, one of my favorite point guards, a, an all-time playoff performer. Fuck what you heard about him choking or anything like that. His, his playoff numbers are very similar to his, his regular season numbers. And I've seen him, when he was on the Hornets, go up against the, 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 the Lakers, who were heavily favored, and absolutely destroy them single-handedly. I saw him put up a game-winner against the Mighty Spurs. He fought a lot of tough teams. Blake Griffin was always overrated to a certain extent. Um, and whatever, this is not about blowing Chris Paul, but right, the point being is that Houston has shut down the Chris Paul show at this point, has effectively shut him down, and it's scary. Game one, I saw a look in Chris Paul I did not like. He had a face on of someone that was that was going into an awkward situation. Like, you know, you have friends who who, who dated by accident. Even not, not dated by, maybe they smashed by accident. They had like a one-night stand or they went on a date, whatever. And now you got to show up at this place. They're both going to be there. It didn't work out, whatever. Maybe it ended up awkward. It ended awkward. It didn't end in a happy fashion. And now you're going to go to a party and they're both going to be there. And now one of them is comfortable with what happened. He or she is fine. And the other person is not comfortable what happened and he or she is now awkward but that was the Chris Paul face that was Chris Paul's face in game one and it really left me scared he finished with good numbers but it did not start off I think in the first quarter he was like one for seven it wasn't great um and last night was no different man he was struggling out there he was struggling it's scary their offense has slowed has grinded down to a halt if you watch them on offense right now it is ugly it's worse than the Sixers offense almost you know what I mean it is not not pretty uh, not a lot of not a lot of movement on offense. It's a lot of a lot of a lot of isolation plays. Houston is is attacking closeouts. They are closing out on shooters as aggressive as any defensive team you've ever seen. You know what I mean? And because they have a lot of speed, because they don't have big they don't have a big man. So there's a lot of speed on closeouts right now. Uh, James Harden didn't have a particularly good game. They're not even playing with Russ. It's scary right now for OKC. I said that they were going to win. I'm going to stand by that, even though they're down 2-0. I don't know how they're going to come back, but I'm going to stand by it just because I'm a man of my word. But, um, yeah, OKC is dark. It's dark and hell is hot, my man. Start Cue up the DMX album. Uh, where are my dogs at? What, what? Where are my dogs at? Um, all right, Portland, L.A. This has been interesting. What an interesting series so far. Uh, Portland won game one. Um, LA was just flat, came out flat. LA has to win on defense. Understand that they don't have the offensive prowess to really, really make to, to go blow for blow with Portland is not going to happen that way. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen that way. AD is not shooting at a level high enough that warrants it. And again, AD is a fucking center. I hate the lineup of AD and JaVale McGee. I hate it so much. I hate it. I hate it. Stop this fucking lineup. What are we playing? Are you playing the Knicks? You're not playing the 90s Knicks. You're not playing our trash team with Trash Al. What are you doing this for, AD? Be the center that you've always been meant to be. And let LeBron be the four that he wants to be. He just he wants to play the four. He don't want to guard point guards. It's a little bit tough without, without Avery Bradley. He was their best perimeter defender. Um, 
and, and was one of their better shooters. They're going to struggle because Danny Green was washed last year on the low. He played okay at times for, for the Raptors, but if you watched him on a game-to-game basis last year, he was washed. He, he was washed, unfortunately. He was washed. He still spreads the floor, but he, he was washed. Uh, and he is super-duper washed right now, making a lot of money. KCP, you're going to have to do something. Bro. Like, you made a lot of money on the Lakers last year, uh, two years ago. And they brought you back, and you're not really offering a whole lot offensively right now. So they're going to need him. They're going to need Kuz to score. They, they need to really just get the – they need to adopt the lineup, and they need to stop this bullshit. You know what I mean? They need to go with, like, a Kuz, Caruso uh, – I'm sorry, a Caruso, Casey, KCP, LeBron, Kuzma, AD lineup that can spread the floor, be dynamic, and Kuzma's been playing – Listen, a lot of people are surprised by Kuzma's defense. I remember in the in his first summer league game, which was also Ben Simmons' first. I don't know if there was their, their both their first summer league games against each other, but that summer league when Ben came and Kuzma was in that summer league too. It was the first time I saw Kuzma. The defense he was playing, now this is summer league again, you know what I mean? So he's not playing NBA players all the time. But I did not see the guy who was the lazy defender that he became over the last couple of years. I saw somebody who was mad aggressive on defense, mad active, active hands, active feet, um, could shut people down. I saw that in the summer league. So I was surprised to watch him kind of fade away defensively. So now that he's back and people are like, oh, he's a good defender. Surprise, surprise. It's not that surprise because I saw this guy in that summer league. It was weird to me that he had become such a bad defender. Um, and now he's playing good defense again. So. Uh, A.B. obviously is a defensive player of the year candidate. LeBron can turn it on and off. KCP is a very good defender. I'm sorry, not not Caruso. But Caruso is a very good defender too, but Danny Green, whatever. You have a dynamic five right there who can all defend, who can all shoot. It just makes sense to me that you would want to go with that lineup. That's a way more effective lineup. Now, against Portland, I understand why you might be going bigger because you have the Zach Collins and Nurkic thing. I understand that, but um, maybe you want to try to run them off the court a little bit. I don't know. Uh, either way, they won last night, so this is all here. It's all bullshit. They blew out Portland last night, and that's what's interesting. Portland seemed to be in a really good position in game one, but I did say, that, listen, the Lakers are going to win with defense, and if you would have heard this podcast, if I made this podcast yesterday, the words I would have said was, look out for the Lakers to win tonight. People are, to have counted out the Lakers, people talking about the Lakers are going to get swept. What are you talking about? LeBron James is on that team, and I may, you may hear me disparage LeBron at times as a basketball player, whatever. This is the second best player of all time. And what it takes to become the second best, please understand this. Let me explain something real quick. When we're talking about all-time great players, it's no longer about offensive ability or stats or talent. All the guys have the talent. All right? All, everybody in the NBA is talented, man. That's not anything. Talent is not anything. Some guys are more talented. Some guys are less talented. Sure. Some guys are more, are more athletic. Some are less athletic. Sure. But when you get into the top five, top 10 guys, you're talking about mental, a mental focus. You're talking about that MJ instinct, that Kobe killer instinct, the, the Tim Duncan, the steadiness of Tim Duncan can go into the game. He go into game seven for the earth, for, for the fate of the earth and finish with a 30, 15 and five blocks. He's just going to do that every single time. It's what he does. It's Tim Duncan. All right. You're talking about a mental stability in guys over that top 10 because you can find guys in the bottom and from 10 to 20 that may have better stats, more points, more rebounds, whatever, 
but don't have the championships, don't have the, the, the mental ability to actually lock in and get you there. And LeBron has that at this point. He didn't have it in the first half of his career. He didn't have it at the beginning. That first year against the Heat is really the biggest one. And I always said, listen, I always said the Magic series was always a big thing for me because I know he had the numbers against the Magic, but the, they needed more and he couldn't do it. He just couldn't get them there. That Magic team isn't good, man. You're going to look back on that Magic team and be like, how did this fucking team make it to the finals? Dwight Howard in the pips? What are you talking about? Hito Turkoglu? He ate a slice of pizza every before every game. What are you saying to me? Rashard Lewis? What are you talking about? Rafer Austin? Hot Sauce was on this team? Come on. You're not, you're, you're not going to look at that Magic team and see something that, that's great. It's going to be confusing why LeBron couldn't make it past that Magic team. But anyway. Um, and there are reasons that we could debate, but I just, the point is at this point in LeBron's career, this dude completely understands it. He gets it, man. He gets the mental thing. Dame hasn't gotten there yet. I listen, I said, Dame is different. No question. Dame is different this year, but Dame, we saw this last year when they played the Warriors and they got swept. That was scary. That was scary. So to think, to count the Lakers out, to count LeBron out is so premature at this point. AD is going to feed off of that energy, and hopefully he ascends. I don't want to see players not ascend. You know what I mean? AD had a great game last night. Um, this this series is far from over. You know what I mean? I said I thought LA would win in seven, I think, or six, six or seven. Um, but th- I also said that I wasn't sure. It's, it's so hard to tell with the bubble. The, the Portland has a lot of um, – they're going into the. They went into the series with a whole lot of momentum, um, so we're going to see what's going to. What is this going to turn out to be at the end? Uh, I don't quite know what's going to happen here. I would still pick the Lakers to win. Uh, if if I had to pick, I would pick. I'd be picking the Lakers to win this series. Um, I, I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to stand by my original picks. Milwaukee and five. I think that's going to happen. I said Miami and seven. They might win earlier than that. I said the Sixers losing six. Uh, similar to this Miami series, that's extremely disappointing. I think Toronto is going to sweep Brooklyn. Uh, I think LA wins in six, maybe seven. I, I don't know. I'm going to stand by that. Okay, see, I'm going to stand by it, even though that shit, that ship is going down like the Titanic right now. Um, Houston is showing me some things that I just didn't think they had. Listen again, like I said, at, at the end of the, but before the bubble, I mean, but before the pandemic, before the end of the, of before the season got shortened, Houston. Remember, they made the trade for Capella, and the next two weeks was like was was what uh, was a honeymoon, and they were playing great. They were aggressive on defense, gang rebounding, the whole thing. And then it started falling apart. They started losing games. Started with that Celtics game that they lost in overtime, where where Jalen, I'm not was it in overtime? Jalen shot one one free throw, missed the second one, and got the rebound, and made the three point or whatever. And they had and they were falling apart. So it it was like. Their momentum didn't seem great. They came into the bubble and it was whatever. And now, I mean, they they flipped, they turned the tables. You know what I mean? They turned the tables right now. Um, I, I'm going to have to eat that out. Denver, again, a little bit, I would be, I don't have a, a red flag up, but there's an orange flag or a yellow flag waving in the distance. It's kind of like, oh, that was a little bit scary what happened in game two against Utah. I'm still going to stand by Denver winning in six. Um, and then Clippers, Dallas, I still have Clippers winning in seven. I'm going to stand by that. We'll see what happens. 
Uh, I think we'll start there. I might be going live tonight uh, after the Sixers game. I'll put that on my Instagram. Maybe if there's enough people who want to see my stupid face live, then maybe I'll do that. Everybody, wash your hands. Wear a mask. Stay safe. Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. All of the things. You know what it is already, everybody. Take care. Uh, thank you, everyone, for the listeners. Uh, anyone who's watching, listening. Oh, man. Uh, ads. Yo, shout out to Blueprint Barber Lounge. Uh, out there giving the ill haircut. Shout out to my man, Izzy. Please go schedule an appointment on Booksy, Blueprint Barber Lounge, located at 6121 Roland Avenue. Holler at him for the ill haircut. It's so romantic. It's a one-on-one by candlelight. It's nasty. He'll he'll grill you up a steak. He'll make love to you, whatever you want. Uh, but at the very least, if you want to deny all of those things, you can leave with a haircut for sure. Uh, shout out to CJ Wendler, my man, TJ. Uh, the Climate King, single-handedly fighting climate change in your home. Um, yeah, that's it, everyone. Stay safe out there. Take care. Yo. Uh, 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 yo. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Used to come.